I'm so delighted that you're here this morning. I am having an absolute great time getting to teach this series. I hope that the series is a blessing to you. We're looking at biblical law as a reflection of God's character, God's ethics, God's concerns. And as we work through the part that we're doing now, which are the Ten Commandments, uh, I hope you're surprised by some of what we're going to be talking about, even today. I hope you'll be surprised next week when I cover uh, uh, not only several commandments in class, but then we'll go into the worship assembly and I'll do the, the commandment not to commit adultery. And so I, I think that as we work through these, even though they're lessons and they're, they're moral lessons that we've heard for most of our lives. They're, they're lessons that are hardwired into us in many of the instances at least. But I still hope that you get an expression of surprise because I, I don't care who the oldest person in here is. And I will not say it's Pastor Ed, but I'm looking out at Pastor Ed because how many years have you pastored? 47 years preaching the Word of God. By the way, thank you for that, brother. 47 years preaching the Word of God. I dare say that we can dig into these commandments in such a way where there are some fresh surprises for all of us. Because the depths of God's character that are expressed in his commandments, we can never adequately plumb. So, with that in mind, let's throw the Ten Commandments up there. We're going to look specifically today at, hopefully, two of them. We're going to look at Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long, in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And we're going to look at the next one, which is verse 13. Don't murder. You shall not commit murder. So we're going to look at those, but remember, not simply for the face value of the commandment. The face value of honor your father and your mother, at least some of it, was dealt with last Sunday uh, from the pulpit. I think Stephen Trammell today is going to be talking about you shall not murder from the pulpit. And that's super and I don't need to be redundant of what's being said in the main worship assembly. In fact, when Pastor Stephen was getting ready to preach this series on the Ten Commandments, he and I were on the phone together because I was getting ready to start this series. And I said to him, I said, Pastor Stephen, he said, you know, I'm torn. Part of me says we should be teaching the Ten Commandments. The other part of me wants to be teaching some lessons from the life of Christ. And I said, well, I'm really planning at this point into moving into the law. That will include the Ten Commandments. Nephew Jack's in town. Hello, Dr. Jack. I, doctor, if y'all need him. Um, that will include the, the Ten Commandments. Unless you don't want me to. He said, no, no, no. Because we can only do so much in a 25-30 minute sermon, you can dig deeper in the class. 
So with that charge from Pastor Steve, and that's what I want to try and do today. And the way we are doing our look at the law is seeing the law as not simply a list of do's and don'ts, but a reflection of the character of the lawgiver of the Lord himself. And so within that avenue, I need to make three stops or three points today. The first thing I want to talk to you about is just my heart and my attitude in teaching this lesson on God's character. I want to share with you my heart. And then the second thing we're going to do is the second commandment. I mean, the, the, the first commandment we're going to look at today, the fifth. Honor your father and mother. And then the third thing we'll do at the end of that is we will look at the commandment, don't murder. All right? That's what we've got in front of us. Let's begin with point number one, my heart and attitude in teaching this lesson on God's character. Now, I'm very excited because I get to teach you a Hebrew word if you don't already know it. Here it is. Kaved. Kaf. Bait, actually vate in the form it's used, dalit. Now, if you are taking notes, because I see some of you are, I want you to try to write that. Just give it a whirl. A kind of a backward C, and then kind of the same backward C, but it's got a little tail sticking out on the right side. And then that looks like they were going to draw a box, but they kind of messed up on the downward line, and so they quit. K-V-D. Kaved. Now, as I've told you many times, the Hebrew language in the Bible has, if you take out names and stuff, about 6,000 words. About 6,000. And they do the general purpose work of somewhere between 25 and 50,000 English words. So that means that every Hebrew word, by and large, has a much wider range of meaning than just one English word. You can't just plug in one word and adequately grasp the semantic range of meaning of a Hebrew word. And it's no different than with kaved. At its core, kaved is referencing something that's heavy. Okay? Heavy. So if we look at Kaved as heavy, let's consider a couple of verses. In Exodus 5 9, we see just this idea that Kaved, heavy. Let me show you Exodus 5 9. This is back when Israel is in bondage in Egypt. And when Israel is in bondage, Moses goes and tells Pharaoh to let the people go. Pharaoh gets upset, and instead of letting them go, he makes them work harder. He makes them make bricks without straw. And he says, let heavier work be laid on the men that they may labor at it and pay no regard to lying words of Moses. Y'all see that? Heavy. Heavier work. Kaved. It's heavy. Got it? 
Good. Because we're going to go look at another passage. It can also be translated dim. See, how do you translate heavy as dim? Well, look at Genesis 48, verse 10. This is where Jacob is going to be giving a blessing to his son, and he gets tricked. So, let's see, there we go. Joseph said to his father, these are my sons. Oh, this is a different passage. He's not getting tricked here. Here's where uh, uh, Israel, or Jacob, is blessing the sons of Joseph. My mistake. I chose a different passage to put up here. And he said to him, bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Now, the eyes of Israel... Dr. Jack, get this. The eyes of Israel were dim with age, so he could not see. Kaved is translated dim. His eyes were heavy with age, and he couldn't see. They were worn out. They'd been lugging around vision for umpteen years. And finally they just said, we're tired of vision. It's too heavy for us to bear. They were dim with age. You got it? Same word. Here's another one. Hardened. Exodus 8.15. Hardened. Same word, kaved. Here's the passage. Moses is talking to Pharaoh. He's trying to get Pharaoh to let the people go. Pharaoh won't let the people go. Moses says, the frogs are going to come upon you and your people and all your servants. And the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and blah, 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 blah. And when it happens, the frogs come. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here it is. It's verse 15, not verse 5. The frogs come. And then there's a respite because they go away after Pharaoh repents. But then he hardened his heart and wouldn't listen to them. He hardened. He made his heart heavy. He heavied his heart. Same word. Kaved. Same word in the Hebrew. He hardened his heart. Now here's a shocker. The same word, kaved, can be translated glorified. Leviticus 10.3. This is God talking in the story of Nadab and Abihu. And Moses says, this is what the Lord has said. Among those who are near me, I will be sanctified before all the people. I will be glorified. Glorified, heavy. I will be treated as gravity, significant, weighty. Don't treat me lightly, treat me heavily. So it's translated glorified. I will be glorified. Same idea. Here's one. It can be translated honor, like in Numbers 
22.17. Same word, kaved. Numbers 22.17. Now this is the story where Balak has summoned Balaam to try and, and get him to curse the people of God. And so in the process of trying to get him to curse the people of God, Balak sends the princes to him. And they come to Balaam and they say, um, here's what Balak says. Let nothing hinder you from coming to me. I will surely do you great honor. Whatever you say to me, I will do. Come, curse these people for me. Well, he's, the, the, the reference there to honor is not, I will say really nice things about you. It's called, do re me. Like an honorarium. I will give you money or possessions. You do this for me, I will enrich you. They translate the word kaved there as honor. I'll give you buccaronis. All right, you with me? So, my heart in teaching you today on this message is kaved, but not in the sense of dim, not in the sense of hardened, but my heart is heavy because I hope to bring honor and glory to God. And it is an honor for me to get to teach you. You following me? I mean, I get to talk about God today. And that is a heavy burden, a kaved, but it's one that's an honor to bring glory to the Father. Okay, if you've got that, then you've got my heart and attitude and teaching. It is one of kaved. It is a heavy honor that I've got. Now, why do I say that? Because commandment that we're looking at, let's move over to this. Ah, there we go. The commandment we're looking at is honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land. Now, the back screen I've put up here is a, the way you would see the Ten Commandments written if you went to Israel and just saw the commandments reproduced. And these aren't the full commandments. Um, you know, Anachi Adonai, uh, I am the Lord. The commandment goes further. They've just listed, typically, they list the first two words of each commandment. Exodus 20, verse 12, the first two words are down here. Kaved et. If you tried to write down kaved before, it's right here. It's the first word of this commandment. It's translated honor. But it's got that whole semantic range of meaning. Now, typically, this commandment is used to teach us that children should obey their parents and that's an excellent teaching point from it 
I mean, after all, Paul himself used it for that purpose. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, the first of the ten. That it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. That's the promise that goes with the commandment. Now, that's excellent. It's very valid. It's totally legitimate. It was the sermon we had last week. I don't need to get into it because Justin and, and, and um, uh, who, who, Stephanie Chase. Justin and Stephanie did a great job from the pulpit last Sunday. So I'm not getting into that. But I hope you've got a little bit of a surprise here for a couple of reasons. Number one, you realize Moses wasn't telling this commandment primarily to children. These commandments are being spoken of primarily to adults. This commandment doesn't end with children growing up and their parents and obeying their parents. See, we've got this word kaved. That's that word that's my heart for this lesson. And so when we see honor your father and mother, we see kaved right down there. It's a weightiness. To honor your father and mother means not to be dim towards them, not to be hardened towards them. But it does have this idea of being burdened with the need to show them honor and the need to show them glory. And by the way, honor includes financial support. When your parents need financial support, young people, Dr. Jack, when your dad and mom need financial support, you honor them. I'm only saying that because Randy retired this year and, and uh, you know, you never know, Randy. You just never know. But you got a son who's now heard the sermon. He's responsible for honoring you. And that might mean helping take care of you financially. Mark Wilkie over here. I'd pull you up on stage if we didn't have social distancing and I didn't think you'd get mad at me. But you listen to what Mark Wilkie does for his mother. And he shows her immense honor. Even though, Mark, how old are you? He, say it again, 57 years old. That's young, by the way. 57 years young. But he shows his mother honor and shows his father who's passed away honor by the way he remembers him and the things he says about him. This commandment to honor on its face value is one that's extremely important and you'll live long in the land, not simply because your kids, as kids you obey your parents, but because as an older person you show honor and respect and dignity to your parents. That's inherent in this command. And if we don't get that part of honoring your father and mother, if we don't get that kaved part, we're missing the import and the weight of that word. But I want to take it a step further. Because all of these commandments are a reflection of the character of God. All of these commandments teach us something about God. 
And we need to know that God tells us to respect and honor and glorify our parents because God has claimed the role of being father to us. And Isaiah 63 is one of many verses about this. But it's one that I love. For you are our father. Though Abraham doesn't know us and Israel doesn't acknowledge us. You, O Lord, are our father. Our redeemer from of old is your name. Who you are. Your character. Your CV. Your resume. Your skill set. Your claim to fame as redeemer from of old. God is our Father. Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, Pater Hamon, our Father. Jesus doesn't say simply, my Father. You can pray to my Father. Through the Spirit, we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, there are seats over here, if you don't mind walking down to the front and some sort of in the middle, socially distant. Don't hesitate. Just make yourselves at home. We're all family. But don't cough COVID on anybody on the way down here. Um, um, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> um, this concept of God being our Father is deeply ingrained in Scripture. And we see what God expects from us when we understand that COVID at Abiha. Honor your father and your mother is a direct command for us also to honor the Lord God. I want to show you Deuteronomy 28, 58 and Isaiah 24, 15 and then Isaiah 43, 1 through 4. We're going to throw them up here real quick. It won't take long. Isaiah, no, Deuteronomy 28, 58. Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. 28, 58. Look at this passage. God says, if you're not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God. If you're not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name. Kaved. Heavy. Honored. We are to honor the Lord as our Father. To put glory and dignity and see the weightiness of God translated here as glorious but it's the same word it's kaved gravitas good Mel Had something that gravity is specifically really good with gravitas pulling it down it's heavy it's the reciprocal of the commandment, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain or lightly. Because God 
is heavy. This sermon could have really preached in the 60s. You weren't born even remotely in the 60s. I'm not sure your parents were born in the 60s. But in the 60s, there was an expression, heavy man. It's heavy, man. That's actually a pretty good for Kved, man. Green sorghum. Um, you had to be in the 60s to know that one. Okay, let me give you another one. Isaiah 2415. Isaiah 2415 is a beautiful passage. Look at this. Let's start with verse 14. They lift up their voices. They sing for joy over the majesty of the Lord. They shout from the west. In the east, give glory to the Lord. And the coastlands of the sea, give glory to the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. Kaved. Kaved. Right here. Give glory. Kaved. Give weightiness, gravitas, significance. Heavy. To the name and to the Lord, the God of Israel. Isaiah 43. It's a great passage, 1 through 4. Talking about Israel's Savior. But now, thus says Adonai, the Lord, Yahweh, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not. I have redeemed you. That is his name. He's the redeemer from of old. I've called you by name. You're mine. I've made you who you are. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers, they won't overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you won't be burned or consumed. By the way, take a moment and soak that in. That passage doesn't say you won't go through waters. You won't go through rivers. You won't go through fires. It says when it happens to you, I'm going to be there to save and redeem you. Don't ever be confused. This is not heaven. This is not the new heaven and earth. This is the fallen world. You are not yet what you will be. But God is redeemer from of old. And I don't care where we are and what we're experiencing, the hand of God is with us. Amen. Thank you, Lord, because He is the Lord our God. He's the Holy One of Israel. He's the Holy One of all the nations. He's the Holy One of all. He is holy, holy, holy. Your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom. Cush and Seba in exchange for you. Because you're precious in my eyes and honored and I love you. Kaved. 
God tells us to honor our parents. But God honors us. We are weighty to him and to his father's heart of love, to his redeemer's heart of steadfast commitment, to his faithfulness. God honors us. We are weighty. I don't care who you are. You are not insignificant to God the Father. God the Father, who we are to honor, also honors us in the sense that we are significant to Him. He cares about us deeply. And no one should ever let the enemy persuade them that they don't matter to God. That they're a lightweight in God's considerations. Because it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. God's Father call for you is one where you are weighty on His heart. And that's why when you go through the waters, He is there to bring you through. When you go through the fire, He is there to protect you. So, this actually is a nice passage to segue to the next commandment that I'd like to talk about briefly. The next commandment, commandment number, whoops, scoot over, scoot over. There you go. Thank you. Commandment number six, don't murder. Now, look at this commandment for a moment. By the way, this one actually is only two Hebrew words. Lo tirzach. Lo means don't. Tirzach. Uh, it's a second person. It means uh, uh, second person singular. It means don't kill people. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be a person slayer. Here, here's your Hebrew. It comes from the Hebrew word ratzach. Ratzach is a reference to a, someone who kills people. That might be premeditated murder, but it doesn't have to mean that. It also includes people who kill other people through negligence, a reckless disregard for the rights and welfare of others, living your life cavalierly without caring about the effect on other people. I'll give you a couple of passages to show this. Numbers 35, 11. And Joshua 23, Numbers 35, 11. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers 35, 11. Here we go. God is setting up cities of refuge where people can go when they accidentally kill someone. Or they want to at least claim it's an accident. But God speaks to Moses and he says, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, you shall select cities to be cities of refuge, that the manslayer who kills any person without intent may flee there. Manslayer? Ratzak. Don't be a manslayer. 
Doesn't mean just don't kill someone on purpose. It also references don't kill someone accidentally. Live your life carefully. Pay attention to other people. And what effect your actions might have on them. It's a heavy burden. It's a heavy burden for anybody who is out and engaged in the world. It's a heavy burden for employers because we should have a workplace where employers pay attention to safety. It's an important burden for you know, right now. At, at, uh, you know, this has been a COVID year. Everybody knows that. Uh, Kevin Roberts runs our office place and, and he's had some weighty decisions. Do we tell people to stay home? How many people do we let come to work? Do we do it in shifts? Do you wear a mask? Do you socially distance? Do we revise office space? We've got Louise back today. Louise has been a dear part of our class. You were in ICU with COVID for how many days? A hundred and a hundred and seven days in ICU, first Sunday back. Before he went in, before he got COVID, he was running five miles a day and he'd out climb stairs on every one of us in this room. It's just something that took him. And six times we were in prayer that he was at death's door. By the grace of God, God's not through with you yet and has more stuff for you to do here before he brings you to your eternal rest. And we're thankful for that, though you'd be better off if you were gone. I, that's what Paul said. Paul says, I know I'd be better off gone, but I've got stuff to do here. God wants me to do it, so I'm sticking around because he told me to. It's better for you if I stay, but it's better for me if I leave. That's true for every believer. We'll be better off when we're dead, but not for the folks that are still here. So we're thankful you're with us today. But I'm telling you, we've got responsibility toward how we live for others. That's the commandment here. Don't be an accidental cause of someone's death. Um, Joshua uh, has got another passage that indicates the same thing. I don't know that I need to, to, to go into it, but it's just the, whoops, the same principle. Joshua 20 verse 3, they've, they're setting up these cities of refuge. And he says, these are so that the manslayer who strikes any person without intent or unknowingly may flee there. Manslayer. Ratzach, that's someone who is responsible for the death of someone else, even if it's not intentional, even if it's unknowing. And that's what God says we're not to be. It's not only a question of don't um, go out there and maliciously kill someone. It's live with respect and dignity towards others, recognizing our actions influence what happens 
to them. And this, again, is not simply face value, but we need to see the reflection of God's character here. Why does it matter if what I do winds up killing you? The reason why is because you and I are made in the image of God. Tim Wilson, you have the worth and value of greatness, of kaved, of heaviness, because you are made in the image of God. You are an image bearer. The behers, you are image bearers of God. Greg, you are an image bearer of God. What incredible dignity. So God makes Adam and Eve that way. They have children. Cain slays Abel. And God says, no, 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 no. And early in Genesis, after Cain slays Abel, but several chapters later, God makes it real clear in Genesis 9-6, whoever sheds the blood of a human, by man shall his blood be shed, because God made man in his own image. The reason human life is valuable is because human life is a reflection of God. Now, you might find people who have so marred the reflection of God, you say, I just don't see any God in that person. Any reflection of God, to be more accurate, in that person. They have totally muffed it up. Remember, God's a redeemer from of old. So don't, God, God, don't count God out for what he can still do for that person. God says every human being has that kind of value. JC, that's why it matters what you write and how you teach people to live better. That's why it makes a difference. And so I look at this commandment and I want us to understand at its root is a reflection of the character of God. And the character of God is reflected in humanity. And that's why we are to treat each other with dignity. This commandment, don't be a person killer, when we see it as a reflection of God's care for humanity. You don't be a person killer because God made people and he made them in his image. And he cares about them. We are weighty to him. We are kaved to him. We are honored by him. And because we are that way, we are to treat each other that way. I pulled out some pictures because I'm going to try and let us out a little bit early. Brent got me started at 931 if I go to 10.30, you will have suffered 59 minutes of me, and that's not fair, and that's not treating you with dignity. You've done nothing wrong. So we're going to end this probably 10 or 15 minutes early because I try to talk to you for about 45 minutes, and then I'm out of soap. I'd just be filling time, and I'm not going to do that to you. I wanted to give you some pictures and let you decide if there's dignity or recklessness towards the lives of others. Here's your first one. 
We are to treat each other with the dignity of being. Look, being pro-life is not simply a question of treating with dignity life pre-birth. It goes hand in hand with treating with dignity life in old age. It goes hand in hand with treating with dignity life all along that spectrum. It goes hand in hand treating with dignity life of all races. It goes hand in hand treating in dignity, with dignity life of all economics. It goes hand in hand, I'm going to shock some of you here. It goes hand in hand treating with dignity life of all political persuasions. That's what the church is to model. I don't say don't stand up strong for your political beliefs, whatever they are. Absolutely. That's the beauty of an America that's a government of the people and by the people. You stand up for what you believe, but we still treat people with dignity and respect because they have it being made in the image of God. If we don't recognize it, that speaks about us. We're violating the commandments. And that's why this isn't just a question of how we treat people in terms of them dying. This commandment goes so much deeper that it enabled Jesus to say, you've heard it said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, everyone who's angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. Whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. This is Jesus saying, understand this commandment drives out of the fact that people are made in the image of God. And how you treat them makes a difference. And God tells you not to treat them as a person slayer. You don't kill their body, but you don't kill their soul. You don't kill their spirit. You treat them with dignity. You treat them with respect. I had second thoughts about this next slide. But I decided to put it up there. This, by the way, is the joy of being able to teach without being employed by the church. This next slide I'm putting up here as a teaching tool. If I was employed by the church, Brent Johnson, I would not use this slide if I were you. But I'm not. And if you all get upset, go to another class. I'm okay with that. We got great classes in this church. But I believe this is important, and I think a picture makes the point better than anything else. We are to treat people as image bearers of God. And that is their dignity and that is their worth. Point made? Thank you. Um, give God's value to everyone. To people you like and to people you don't like. And in that way, you're understanding this law is a reflection of God's character.
Because you're seeing that God is calling upon us to treat people as people who are made in the image of God. You got it? So in closing, let me say this. A common way to look at these commandments, and it's a good way. I'm not judging it harshly. A common way to look at these Ten Commandments is to say the first four deal with the horizontal, how we relate to God. And the next six deal with how we relate to each other. It's a great way to look at it, great way to remember it. But all of them ultimately hinge on whether or not we are people of faith believing and understanding God the lawgiver and putting it into practice in our life, not only in how we relate to him, but how we relate to others. Because the core of it is who God is and what he calls us to do. So y'all have been so nice to listen to me. I've gone 47 minutes instead of 45, but I want to close with a blessing and then we're through. Father, first of all, with kaved in our heart, a weightiness, a burden, we seek to give you glory. We seek to give you honor. We seek to give you praise, not only for who you are, but for what you have done, including making us humanity. Father, may we have the burden to show your love, your honor, your dignity, your glorifying, your creation by treating others with the same care that you give us, that you call us to, to treat. And, and may we be encouraged in our heart, Father, that we can do so by your strength. May we be convicted where we fail to do so. May your Holy Spirit convict us of sin, but also of the righteousness we have in Jesus. That fresh start that's new every moment as we live in your great faithfulness. So bless my sisters and brothers who hear this, Father. Illumine our hearts, put joy in our step, and let us better reflect your love through Jesus. Amen. See you guys next Sunday.